Hello, this is Johnny Tacos. I've always been a lover of music. The way the drums beat as my heart. The way the guitar sings louder than the vocalist. And the way the song is written. You would think it was how each word just coexisted with the other word. Music has always been a tool for good and evil. Music has always been a way to soothe the heart, to mend the broken, to relax the unnerved, to scream out the angry, and to worship. So please join me as we take a trip and we listen to these wonderful musicians with their art as well as their love songs to God. And I am Johnny Tacos, and this is Origin. Origin.
What's up? This is Johnny Tacos here with another exciting episode of Origin Stories. Today, I have Sabat Frost from Frost Like Ashes. And uh, before I get him on the uh, line to talk a little bit about his growing up as well as the band and where the band is headed... I just want to say thank you to Twisted Glitter. Twisted Glitter is a merchandise uh, where they do custom T-shirts and such such as uh, towels and whatnots. Uh, Pretty much if you ask if she can do it, she can do it, get it done, get it ready, get it shipped out. Uh, She is a merchandiser of the Johnny Taco Show merchandise, such as my T-shirts and stickers. Um, It just depends on if I feel like doing any other kind of merchandise down the road. But, you know, only God can tell. I just want to give a shout out. And if you want to click on Twisted Glitter, just click at the bottom of the podcast. I will have a link to there. So um, with that all done, I just want to say it was awesome having that concert uh, Metal Grace this year. There was a great turnout. The bands were awesome. The The... The fans were awesome. You know, God was awesome. God was truly moving through that concert. And the louder it got, the more excited I got because, you know, God was just working through my veins through that night. So give my hat out to the bands. Hopefully next year um, it'll go through without any glitches. So I'm looking forward to next year's Metal Grace. So, all right. Um, With all that done... Let's all give a round of applause for Sabat Frost, the guitarist from Frost Like Ashes. Man, I, I, maybe I should be a black metal artist. I yeah, think I got should. that voice. I got that voice. Everybody should. Yes. Everybody should do a little black metal to add to their... Um, to their to their goal to their bucket list at least put an album out i think screaming of some sort is sort of cathartic you so. know yeah and that's what a, um when i've heard a lot of uh psychiatrists said hey sometimes you just want to go somewhere and just scream and let it out and it just it it opens up everything when i when i was young i, I sang for bands and it was before I was a Christian, and I was probably the angriest young man that I had ever met. I didn't look it. I looked like a clean-cut kid. But I, I sang for a band called Comatose, and I just screamed the whole time. This is back in the 80s, you know. So was it and, was it a soft jazz band called Comatose? Because that's all, what I can think of. I'm just joking. Because, you know, you put in Comatose. It, it was like me... Back I think you I, can huh? find it on um, on YouTube. Death is only the beginning is what it was called, and we were growling and screaming and 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 I think I stayed out of out of jail because I screamed every day at practice. I think that uh, playing shows and doing that kind of stuff just sort of kept me from being as angry as I really was. So. Um, I, I actually believe that there is something to that. So, um, yeah, and 
to to do what you do, like screaming and uh, gutturals and and all that, there's a way to do it safely. And um, you know what happened to Chester uh, before he died? He had some throat. Uh, operations because he would scream but I guess he wasn't screaming correctly I guess there's a proper way to scream yeah there is and it's easy to blow yourself out if you can't hear so a proper monitor mix or you know um, being able to hear or or be rehearsed enough to where you don't need to hear in order to know how loud to scream and, um, those are yeah those are very stable. And, yeah. you know, what happened when, when I got saved, I, I actually quit singing and I picked up the guitar. So um, since since then, Nick, well, Azahel, his name is Azahel, um, he took over the vocals and he uh, um, he's in his 50s now and he can still hit some pretty high notes. So it's pretty amazing, actually. And, you know, do you still do background screaming? Live, yes. Okay, on live? Yeah, he does all vocals on our recordings. Oh, okay. Um, the only, I think the, we have one song where he didn't do the low vocals, and that was uh, the Johnny Cash cover. Uh, well, we rewrote it. I wrote the music to it, but it's When the Man Comes Around. And that was our old drummer, previous drummer, Adonijah. And he uh, he did, he did that, and it was because uh, he could go extra low and guttural, and it was sort of fun for that song. Um, yeah. Well, you know when when I I talked to um, a friend of mine, uh, and he's he's not a Christian. He he has a uh, death metal band. He said it's it's good to have a drink, you know, like milk or something, because you want to get the Fleming kind of right into your throat so you can make that that awesome guttural kind of uh, wet kind of, uh, was it bubbly kind of guttural? Um, is that true? You know, I don't know. Uh, I never did that. When I sang, I did drink, but it wasn't milk. And, uh, you know, I just got really good at making whatever voice I needed to make. Um, I learned how to do it. Um, I got to the point where I didn't blow my voice out ever. Um, and I was pretty well rehearsed. And then, uh, you know, because I associated it so much with the darkness in my past, I, I just never sang again after I got saved. So, um, yeah, sort of interesting. I, I, but I never did that. I mean, yeah. So do you feel more complete as a guitarist than a vocalist? I feel like I have more of a voice. Yeah, sometimes a guitar makes a, uh, a louder sound than the uh, than the vocalist. You know, people remember guitar licks more than they remember uh, lyrics. So, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. One of the, the, the verses that we pray over frost like ashes is is found in Isaiah uh, chapter 30. And I believe it's uh, verse 32 where um, where God says that he will beat the Assyrians to the sound of music. 
And we took that verse and we loosely interpreted it to mean God beats his enemies to the sound of music. Playing the kind of music that we play, um, a lot of people have told us that we are ineffectual for the gospel because you can't understand what he's saying. Um, if you can't hear, understand the vocals, then it's not ministry. And, uh, I've heard those things countless times. And, uh, for one, we're not trying to reach church kids. We're trying to reach metalheads. Um, and for two, we're, we're all metalheads. I mean, we, we like metal. So we want to make something that's authentic, not um, not a cheap copy, not a ripoff. We're not trying to be like somebody so that we can say we did a good job. You know, and, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So we pray. Well, I, this this was my whole point. Sorry, I got a little long winded. Uh, we, we we pray that verse, and um, so I believe that when I play the guitar, God moves, and uh, um, you know, uh, spiritual talk in in some some circles in the church would say, well, that makes it anointed, or that makes it. But I just believe, well, from the the the, the very bottom of my heart that that when these CDs go out and, and, and somebody puts it on and they're listening to it, that somehow spiritual warfare is going on over their life, whether they're a believer or they're far away. And um, our, our, our prayer is that God would reach them in some way, one way or another, no matter who they are. So um I really believe that 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 happens. So, well, um, when I talked to Chris from Hard Look, the band Hard Look, um, yeah. when I asked him, I was like, you know, p some people can't hear or understand or listen to the lyrics because you know it's it's all growling and screaming and all that. And he said, you know what? That's why I put the lyrics in the CD because I want them to read it. And, um, you know, because he also adds the scripture of where the music came from. And it's it's more of a, you know, read it while listening to it to get the full effect of of the word, you know, of the, the reason why that song was around. Uh, is that something that you thought about? Well, we, we do make our, our lyrics available. Um, but no, we don't always have the, uh, the address. I, I, I tend to be one of those guys that thinks that, um, I want to say this, right. I, I believe that, that you should read the Bible to the point where it becomes a part of your thinking. Um, and then when you go through life, you don't always want to just be giving an address, um, a lot of people, they like to say their favorite verse addresses, and that's fine. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, and, and that some people's brains work that way. For me, I care more that I'm taking that truth and making it a part of me. And so with our lyrics, well, in the past, we've had some pretty crazy songs like A Cruel Verse, which was a collection of verses out of Scripture that were very, very harsh. Um, you know, probably for that one, we should have included all the addresses. The problem was, was that 
Azahel had written that years before and he dug it out and said, Hey, can I use this? And it made me chuckle so much that, uh, we, we did it cause it was fun. So, um, we've never included the addresses for that reason. Really. We just aren't organized enough for whatever it is. Um, with the latest DP, it's called fellowship of suffering and it deals with, um, I, I I died twice while recording the EP. I mean, when I say I died, I went in for procedures where they stopped my heart and then they had to restart it. Um, and one of those times was actually open heart surgery. I had to sign waivers that said, if I didn't wake up, then, you know, it wasn't their bad, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. So yeah, the CYA of the surgery. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, they told me my odds were, you know, one in three or two and three. And it was it was that kind of a, a time while I was working on this. And uh, at one point I made all the uh, the plans to have the laptop shipped to the, the vocalist if I died so that he could finish it because everything was done except for the lead solos. Um. And we could have put it out without the lead solos. They were just my frivolous, uh, you know, I, I like guitar solos, so I put them in there. Um, probably not very black metal of me, but I, I don't re really care what other people think. I wanted to make an EP that made me happy. So um, the lyrics with, with, with Fellowship of Suffering are about suffering. And I wouldn't say it's a concept album because that's too highfalutin and organized. Uh, what, what it is, is it's a, like, like it takes you on a journey through suffering. So the first song is called goer. And it's about when you realize that you're going to go through suffering and you have to make the choice that you're going to go through it. You have to make it through this, this time. And so that's what that song deals with. And uh, I think some of the lyrics in that are very, um, very spiritual because it 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 references how um, the, the the vocalist sort of references, and, and I don't remember off the top of my head the actual lyrics because that's the kind of guy I am. But um, there's something like I can't believe that he's gone this way before. And it's, you know, referencing to, to Jesus, you know. And so, it, you know, Goer is about that. And then uh, the next song is uh, what, uh, I believe, The Mountains, they said? Or is it, yeah, um, I, I just pulled out a CD. I'm going to open it up here because uh, my memory is particularly with these new meds I'm on. It's not always the best. Um, okay, so I'm opening the CD here. Sorry for the noise. Uh, it's okay. Um, okay. Yeah, there's mountains. Yeah, mountain. the mountains, they said, is a, is a uh, discussion between... Um, It's a discussion between the mountains, the land, and the sea about 
the frailty of man and how they should just kill them. So that deals with natural suffering, you know, like in the world, yeah. natural disaster, things of that nature, you know, uh-huh. from a sort of creative and sort of an artistic perspective. Um, I'm and then the to next listen song, to that one because that sounds really interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a fun one, and and I believe that Azahel got the idea from scripture. Um, as you read through, you know, some of the uh, prophetic books and different things, there are references where mountains would say something, or you, you know, and uh, that's a part of the the language of scripture. So, I think that 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 inspired him a little bit to think that way. Um, the next one was the coming and going of suffering because he start, he was thinking about suffering and well, let's face it, anybody that's lived a life has had times where suffering just comes into their life and they have to go through this horrible ordeal, whether it be a sick child or the death of a loved one or you know something something close to you, the loss of a job and you know, uh, court case doesn't go your way. Um, relatives have misjudged you. Somebody has spoken lies about you. Whatever the the form of suffering that you're going through, because uh, regardless of what other people may think, when you're going through a tough time, it's you going through that tough time, and and it may be very hard for you. And so the coming and going of suffering is sort of deals with how, like all of a sudden, there it is, you're suffering. And then in this weird way, sometimes it just all you wake up one day and it's gone and you've moved on and you've made it through and everything's better. And uh, the lyrics sort of reference that it could be by grace that that happens. And so um, I enjoy that one. And then uh, then there was uh, the weight of ice and fog, which deals sort of with mental and spiritual health. Um. And, uh, you know, the lyrics to that are really negative. You can't take that song by itself because it's 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 a man dealing with um, he's lost in the fog and, and he's covered in ice. He's cold. He's screaming. My blood feels black. I don't know why. You know, you know, what am I? And and I think that this is this is one of the hardest forms of suffering because other people don't they don't they don't understand because they 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 look at you and they they say well you just get over it don't be depressed don't be down don't be in a funk don't you know even if you're going through the dark night of the soul just just buck up soldier and be a good christian and and all those things are are it's a very hard place to be it's very lonely and empty and he got the idea from watching a river in North Dakota as the ice was breaking and he was in the fog was coming off of it. And he just was thinking about that and how, how that's the way it is when you have mental issues or, or, you know, spiritual affliction. And then the last one is where cold dies. And that's the one, that's the song that gives hope. And it talks about how the fire in our heart is reignited and it just sort of, um, you know, God meets us where we're at and, and helps us. And so um, this CP is really special to me because I went through so much suffering while it was going on. And uh, I, uh, I wasn't in good enough shape to mix it or to be the one in charge of the production. 
So we sent it off to Derek, um, who is the man behind Sympathy, the Canadian uh, death metal band. Uh-huh. And he mixed it for us. And the first time that I listened to all five songs, when they were all done, and I listened to it, um, I cried because I felt like we had accomplished the art that I wanted to make about suffering because I went through such a horrible time and, and you, you know, everybody that's been through suffering, people that have been in war, people that have had their friends die, their, their, their loved ones, you know, the parents never come home, whatever, whatever the situation. Um, I wanted to create some art that sort of, well, my prayer was that this album would heal that. But I don't know how that would have to take the Lord for that to happen. You, you know what I'm saying? Um, musically, the lyrics aren't um, so excellent that people are going to read it and be like, you know, touched by the Lord. That's that's not the way it is. Musically, it's it's, you know, me trying to learn how to use this newfangled technology because I'm an old man that wishes we still had a two inch tape and a we were all in the same room recording. You know, I, I like the old ways better. Um, but, but, you know, I think it turned out good. And, uh, we, we chose not to trigger our drums. We chose specifically to go for more, more older sounds. So it felt real and live. Um, all the players on it did an excellent job. It, I, I'm very proud of it. It really, it really, um, I think it hit all the all the things I wanted it to do. And you know, you know, you know yeah. If if you, it's like your opus. You know, it it, it is, uh, and it's hard for an artist to actually be a hundred percent happy with with the work that they did. But yeah, hearing oh, the thing, I think could change, but I still think overall we got it. I don't know how to, uh, how else to say that. So, so, yeah. So, so you manifest the suffering because each one of us had a season of suffering or more seasons of suffering and you manifest it into this EP. And, uh, and you were saying like the, the vocals maybe not be moved by it, but, um, but all the overall, if you listen to it from the first song to the last song, you see the journey and you and you feel the journey. And then it, it just kind of resonates with, hey, yeah, I suffer. And I know at the end of the road, my suffering was, is not going to be in vain because the Holy Spirit is upon me and my suffering is, is like a badge of honor. But it, and it technically, according to scripture, it is. It's actually a, a really powerful thing. But when you're in the midst of it, you know, I'm pretty sure that Jeremiah, when he was getting his feet whipped and he was crying, you know, because that hurt, not yeah. crying because prophesying, was was like, I bet he was having a bad day that day. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, just a little bad day. When Paul was beat and, and, and until they thought he was dead and then left outside of town, I mean, that guy, it didn't even phase him. He got back up, went right back into town. You know, um, 
Yeah, yeah. You know, suffering is all throughout Scripture, um, and and the 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 title of the EP is sort of a play on on the Bible verse where we're supposed to join in the fellowship of His sufferings, um, because as Christians, we're called we're called to live a life where we join in with the sufferings of Christ. And, and that's putting to death the, the, the deeds of the flesh. That's uh, choosing to obey the Lord um, above our own desires. Um, particularly if we're called by God to share the gospel with somebody that maybe is scary or in a dark place. Um, I love to share the gospel with people. I am a very gregarious and outgoing person. Um, and I, I believe that there's been a lot of warfare in my life because I do those things, because I will lead strangers to Christ, um, you know, just wherever, you know, I share the gospel with gang members that, you know, people that just got out of prison, stuff like that. And I, I, I like to do that. I, I don't, I don't know how else to live. Um, and I like playing this kind of music because... I'm just going to be honest. I really like listening to metal. So playing this kind of music is sort of just what I like. And it's been that way my whole life yeah, since before I was saved to, to now. And uh, the fact that the Lord allows me to do it, that's rad. I mean, as, as an old guy, I talked yesterday with, with one of the members and I said, I really would like to, you know, do this and this, and I threw out my plans for the band, and he he went. Those are great ideas. I would like to do that too. So, um, regardless of us getting up there in years, we we've we've got plans. We want to do things. We want to move forward. So, um, I'm excited about it. And uh, have you ever had any like resistance, like with your church, because of uh, that you do metal? Um, I personally um, have received resistance from people. I've lost friends. Um, it wasn't because I, I, I did metal. It was because we wore the face paint. Uh, one friend quit being my friend because they just thought that was evil to paint our faces. Um, another person was they just couldn't understand that we didn't sing so everybody could understand our words and uh you know they were mad at us about that and they tried to preach to us and um you know we've received some you know emails death threats from satanists and from you know but the church generally like i i was wearing one of our shirts once and i got yelled at by a mom because my shirt scared her kid and there was nothing scary on it except for a band photo. And so I was like, sorry, you know, but they were really upset. Um, so, you know, and I was just excited because we just got the shirts in and I was like, I'm wearing one. You know, it was one of those days when I just was didn't have any clean clothes except for a band shirt. I put it on, you know, went to church, didn't want to go smelling. And, uh, um, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, overall the, the ministers that know me, 
they know that I love God and they talk to me about scripture and, and I, I luckily have a good, um, I understand the scriptures and I spend a lot of time reading them. So that helps me a lot, you know? Um, but like I got asked to speak at a conference once as a, like a preacher and, um, the guy I followed was an anti-rock preacher. So that was really awkward because I didn't agree with one thing the guy said. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like polar opposite. And now we have the other side of the... <laughs> I contradicted him like a bunch. Yeah. Uh, he didn't care. He drove a Porsche or something. He was bragging that up the whole time. He just bought a Porsche. Yeah, and that's sad because that right there is the stereotype that people use against, well, I don't like going to church because all they think about is money. You see the pastor or the preacher or or whoever um, driving in a Porsche or a BMW or a Mercedes. You know, my, my pastor drives around in a Prius. You can't get any more lower than driving a Prius. I mean, I'll be honest. If I had the money to buy a nice car, I would buy a muscle car, and I wouldn't think twice about it. Well, you're old school. Old school loves a muscle car. How old are you? I'm 54 this month. I turned 54. You're only like seven years older than me. Uh, But I would buy, you know, if I could buy a 69 Charger, if I could buy a 1970 Plymouth Barracuda, yeah, like I'm telling you, I would do it, and I wouldn't care who said what. I'd be like, I'm blessed. Yeah, so I get that. You know, he was excited. He had a nice car, and that's that's groovy. But he made the money telling people that if they listen to music about Jesus, it was the devil's music, and I don't understand that. So I I basically said that in the message after him. I said, I, I'm one of those guys that plays rock and roll. I love Jesus, and I don't understand one word the guy just said. Um, you know, now I don't think I should have a fleet of muscle cars, you know, but then again, you know, I'm probably never going to get the muscle car. So, Well, I would get a 69 Mach 1. I've always, no. I've always had a... A, a thing for a Mach 1 because, you know, it looked like it's so oh, long in the front. It looked like a missile. <laughs> so I was, See, I mean, I, I, heck, I'd even be happy with a Chevy Nova. That's what oh, my, my brother had before he, he passed away. He had a Chevy Nova. I, I tried hard to get it, but his wife it needed a, the money. So, yeah, well, I, I, you know, that's, that's sadly, that's the case. We all need money sometimes. And yeah. Okay. That uh, would be wonderful to have, and you know, gosh, and it's getting harder to find those type of uh, those type of muscle cars now. That's because the people that that like them are all getting older, and they all have a little extra money, and they're buying them, putting them in garages, or they're all rusting out and ending up in the in the junk heap. You know, yeah. It's just you, you can either find a really expensive one or one that's really not worth much anymore. It's sad. I wish I I wish I could get one. 
Who knows? I'm still alive. I yeah, didn't die. Yeah, yeah, you still got about a, a good 20 more years, uh, you know. Um, you'll, you'll get you one. You, you, you'll get you one, even if it's a model. You can put a model together there. I could. Yeah. yeah. I would. You know, I, I didn't do it when I was a kid, but I did do a, a Plymouth Barracuda when I was a kid. Because I loved that car ever since I was young, so... Yeah, I was looking, and and I just couldn't afford one right now. They had a they had a um, model, uh, what was it, a concept car of a Mach three that looked similar to um, you know like a old school round top kind of uh, Mustang, and that was the that was the only car model I ever got. Oh, nice. Yeah, and I, I put it together. I was, it was with my brother. My brother had like a a whole lineup of different types of uh, cars that he would um, he would you know customize. So he would get the models and then just uh, replace or lower the springs down so it's a low rider because he was big on low rider um, vehicles as well. Which uh, he he lowered his um, his uh, what is it Mitsubishi two two hundred I forgot what Mitch, Mitsubishi truck uh, back in I want to say ninety two ninety three okay I think it was two thousand B two thousand or something like that I I can't remember but he he lowered it down by just taking out all this the suspension yeah that's probably why I got lower back problems. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, you can't. I don't. I don't know. I, I, I low riders are. Some low riders are pretty sweet, but I would want one that was riding on air. That you could adjust so it's not always down low and bumping, you know, on the ground. Yeah, I would want so that you can lift up and have a smooth ride, you know. And I'm six six, so my head is barely, uh, you know, fitting inside that car. And every time I hit a bump, my head. Just... What else are you going to fit in nowadays? Yeah, you well, get one of those old ones, you know, um, and a big one, you're, you're all right, uh-huh. you know. Yeah. You know, but dang. Well, I'm 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 a big guy too, but I'm I'm not that tall i'm only six one but um i'm bigger in other ways and uh i want a big car yeah and and that's why i switched to an suv because it gave me the the more arm uh you know arm um arm space as well as head space and you know i, I was really happy because i was driving in a little cars i you, you look at me driving in a ford uh what was it that i had ford fusion and, oh wow and cool. uh, yeah but you're, you're like, it's like a clown car yeah mm-hmm. it, it took me about an hour to get out of it every time you know i had to crawl out look like i was the girl from the ring crawling out of the car it was it was, it was pretty scary so but yeah my wife said she either wanted me to have a pickup truck or an suv so i got the suv man they, they changed the laws with the trucks so that like if they if you want to really have a like 
lower gas mileage and power in the engine, they 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 got to be huge now. Yeah. That because the bigger the truck is, the lower the gas mileage can be. It's it's in the books that way. So that's why the trucks like don't fit in the parking spots anymore. They're they're as big as a parking spot instead of like the old trucks were sort of. I mean, they were trucks, but they they weren't like as big as they are now. And uh, yeah, you can get a big truck now. Yeah, I used to drive in a a Ford Ranger, a '92 Ford Ranger. So yeah, I know all about the little tiny trucks. At least I had a pickup truck. I know it didn't really pick up much, but it it was it was something. So I could I, for about a couple of years, I could say I was a truck guy. But uh, yeah. but yeah, but let's um, we're, we're digressing a little bit. Uh, so so with um, that story about you walking down the street of Seattle when you got saved in '97, how did that come along? Well, I uh, well, it's it's a pretty involved story. Um, I had been involved playing playing in bands in Seattle for a while and the whole time I sort of just kept getting darker and darker um I I went from being a pretty normal kid to being pretty dark um just as a person you know the things that I enjoyed the things that I liked uh what I was into you know all that stuff and, uh, you know, I, I would say I was a, a Satanist, but I was a sort of a, a chaotic one a, a, and, and where chaos was sort of king, you know, uh-huh. I didn't rules and I was sort of, sort of like, I don't, I didn't like every book I read by anybody seemed like a contradiction. So I didn't like them. So I was sort of paving my own path and uh, I ended up in, in a pretty dark place. And I believe that, uh, somehow in that journey, I ended up, um, in, in an encounter with the devil in a way that, uh, left me shook into my core. Um, I would say that I, I met a human being that was possessed is probably the best way to put it. But it was it was a pretty scary situation. The things that were known, the things that were said, um, the things that I went through were pretty intense. I don't know how else to say it. And so um, I thought I had lost my mind. I thought that there was something seriously wrong. And I couldn't seem to get away from the situation I was in. It was it was like I was in a tailspin, a downward spiral, and I couldn't pull myself out no matter what. Um, I had lost all control, um, drugs, alcohol, everything. I, I Everywhere I went, they were free. There was everything I wanted. Um, and it just was like a... It was all a trap. Just I couldn't break free, and and a part of me knew that there was something seriously wrong with this. 
So one day I'm going into one of these situations where I know I, I'll just end up in a dark place again. And it, it's just going to be a really bad place. And uh, I'm, in, I'm in a friend of mine's car. Eh, well, I don't know. He, he, might, he was more of an acquaintance than a friend, but he's giving me a ride because this, this is going on today and you're going to do this is basically what he told me. And uh, it was down to the end where I had to give an answer um, about what I was going to do. And you don't get to play games in those kind of dark sort of magic situations that I had done. I, I really don't like to give glory to the enemy. So um, let's just put it this way. I felt like I was being forced to do something and I knew that there was something wrong with it. And so I was at a stoplight and this guy was driving and we were in West Seattle at the time. And I just go, oh, I totally forgot. I got to meet with, with this buddy of mine. And I just jumped out of the car, closed it, and, and took off across the street. And he couldn't follow me. He had to go up and turn around. And so I was able to lose him. And I just walked down the street. And, and you got you to gotta realize, at this point, I, I didn't know what was real and what wasn't. Because I'd just been through this traumatic experience where I believe the devil had manifested and I didn't really believe in the devil, if that makes sense. Um, I had heard all the church stuff. I'd been been to church before, been to church camp. Um, and I'd always rejected the gospel. I, even if I went forward for like a altar call, like the minute I got home, I just didn't care. I was just going to do my own thing. So... As I'm walking down the street, I, I, I just started talking to God. I said, God, I believe that this is real and I don't know what to do. I am in a bad place. What do I do? And of course, um, I prayed and asked Jesus into my life because I knew that that's what you had to do. You couldn't just ask God for advice if you were an evil guy. You know, so I did all, did all that as I was walking down the street. And uh, I said, well, I've met the devil. Now I want to meet you, is basically what I said. So I uh, um, I prayed that, and then I had this brilliant idea to call my mom. I don't know why I didn't think of that before. I went and called my mom and said, hey, mom, I'm in trouble. And I said, my mom's a Christian, right? And I said, well, I met the devil and I'm in a pretty bad place. And she's all, praise God. And I'm like, you don't praise God because you meet the devil. Yeah. <laughs> I was I like, I don't matter. Yeah. What's wrong with you? Besides, this is scary. This isn't fun. And she's like, yay, come home. You know, and so she got me a plane ticket and I flew out of Seattle that, that night, actually. Um, a lot of my friends thought I went insane, and maybe I did. But here's the fruit of it. Um, this decision, I got clean and sober. I became a pretty good dude. I, I quit being so dark. 
you know, all that stuff changed. Um, it was a legit change, and I went searching for the Lord, and um, I encountered him on more than one occasion. Um, I believe that Jesus is real, and, uh, you know, so that's sort of really how that happens. So there was all this stuff that went up into it, and, and you know, everything from my whole journey into meeting the devil sort of started when I met King Diamond. And he asked me if I'd sell my soul, you know, I mean, like, like there was so much weird stuff that went on in my life. It was so odd, so spiritual, so strange that, uh, you know, I'm glad I'm alive today. I'm glad that, that, uh, I know Jesus and despite my health issues, despite the fact that I've had some, some hard things happen, I'm grateful and I'm thankful, you know, so, um, yeah. So I, I hope that made sense. I was trying to be vague about the enemy and stuff. Cause you know, people tell me I'm crazy and different things and it was pretty intense situation. So, well, you know, um, you know, God works in those intense situations and some people might think it's crazy because unfortunately, you know, they never felt that. They never had that kind of relationship with with God, uh, where where things happen, and then you see the power of God push you through and and help you through that that um, that ordeal. Yeah. I mean, let, let's put it this way. Um, before this had happened, there was a meeting with this guy that had manifested. And he basically told me that I could never get away from him and he was going to destroy my life if I didn't accept his deal. And this light came from behind me. And he cowered on the ground like a, like a little writhing worm. And I got up and said, I think I'm done here. And I walked out. And I never actually talked to the guy again, even though they tried to make me. Uh-huh. It was a intense. So, so I believe that this guy was um, was a leader in the Church of Satan, but not. I think it was an underground. It was a pretty dark place. It wasn't like the what what we read about, you know, the Church of Satan. I think that those people are more atheistic. They don't actually believe in the devil. This was a, a group of devil worshipers, you know, for like legit, real weirdos, if, if, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. And, and because I've noticed that there's a huge difference. And I, I have a great love for most people that call themselves Satanists. I, I love those people. They're my, they're, they were my friends before I became a Christian. And I want people like that to have uh, somebody praying for them. Heck, I pray for King Diamond. I, I love the dude. I want him to get to know Jesus. I I love the people that play black metal. I enjoy um, these intense personalities that are so dark and so morbid because I know that really it's the enemy that's just trying to destroy them. And And I want to see them know what I know. If, if that makes sense, I know that, you know, for Christians, 
they they need to they need to pray for their enemies. You need to pray for these people. If the local satanic church is is setting up some baphomet on your you know courthouse lawn, which has happened in America, I think in Oklahoma, you know, mm-hmm. you'd be praying for those guys. Yeah, love share Jesus with them. Mm-hmm. I got a neighbor that's got a um, hail Satan bumper sticker. And, and it, you know, gives me an eye roll sometimes. I just, oh gosh, probably some edgy kid, but I just pray for him to get saved. God needs some, that, that person needs God in their life. Probably they're running from religion and they're angry at, at the world, you know, like I used to be. And they need to find out that Jesus isn't. He isn't the church. I mean, that that sounds bad to say that, but the church is broken. We are becoming like Jesus, but we're not there yet. Uh, At least I, I ain't met nobody. And I'm not saying that there aren't people closer to being like Jesus than me. There are a lot of really great people. You, you, You know what I'm saying? But but when kids get damaged by the church, they seem to think that that's God. I know that that's what I did, you know, and it wasn't. It was the church. And some of them may not even have actually been the church. They may have just been people, you know, uh, Paul writes in in, in, the, in the scriptures that, um, you know, these people have crept in unawares. They're, they're, they're doing, you know, and he talks about the things that they're doing and how it's not, they're unbelievers, you know? So with that said, you know, the heart of this band, the heart of all of this is, is sort of to, to reach people for God, you know, but to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, I feel you on that. And, and you know, you can always use the tools of the devil against him, you know, because they try to use our tools against us as Christians. Um, but, but it really comes down to the, to the whole point, you know, what Jesus said about the, um, the shepherd that leaves the 99 to pick that one that's lost. And, and you doing your music too there is kind of like casting out a line to uh, you know fish fish men out of the uh, the pet the the pit that that you had lived that life at once. So it it is, and at the same time, I don't want to cheapen the the music by making it just about being bait so what I I want the music to be authentic I want it to be real I want it to be something that is artistic and I pray about that and I really want to reach the world for Christ and I pray about that but if they intersect, that's amazing. And when it happens, the stories are just powerful. They they just they rock me. Mm-hmm. There's one of of a witch that worked at a church, and 
it was a, of all places, a Mennonite church in South Dakota. I think it was South Dakota. And if I get any of the parts of this wrong, my singer will, will tell me. And, you know, it's been years since I've, I've, I've heard this story, but what happened was he was at a, he had become a, a youth minister and he was, he had taken his youth group to see Toby Mack. And while he was at Toby Mack, I believe that it was Toby Mack, um, this, this Mennonite approached him and said, are you the singer for Frost Like Ashes? And then proceeded to tell him how he was a huge fan and bought the CD Tofet when it came out and um, how he would listen to it every day. And then um, while he was like preparing for a message, you know, just doing his stuff around the office and, and um, you know, reading his Bible. And he would put on, he would put on our CD because he, he loved that kind of music, which the fact that a Mennonite loved Frost Like Ashes really, that was sort of crazy, you know. Um, but so every day the cleaning lady would come in and sit in the office for a couple, three songs and just sort of hang out and then she'd go clean the church. And she'd been a part of the church for years, years, I think longer than the pastor had. And after about a week of this, she came in and sat down and said, I need to talk to you. And she told him that she was a member of a satanic coven and that they all went to different churches so that they would never be found out. And that she had been coming in and listening to this band every day. And that during that time, she had come to realize that God was real and that she was going to go to hell if she didn't give her life to God. Wow. And she got saved because of our music. She'd been going to church. She went to church every week. What? What? The preaching had never reached her. I mean, I'm sure it planted seeds. Mm-hmm. But remember, we prayed over that, particularly that album, that, that spiritual warfare would be done over people in darkness, people that were into witchcraft, people that were into Satanism, people that were dark places that needed Jesus. So God raised up a Mennonite pastor that liked Christian black metal and put a CD in his hands that would create the atmosphere needed for the spiritual warfare to happen. I, I don't know how else to say it, whether wow. I'm, I'm terms right. God did a miracle and saved this lady. Hallelujah. You know, that is awesome. I, I'm getting goosebumps just hearing about that story. And it just shows the power of God has and, and the power and, and the ways he knows how to use each one of us and our gifts to reach out and save someone, take someone out of that pit of despair, out of that dark uh, crevice and pull them back into the light and, and to use your music, you know, that right there just shows that you're doing God's work. Well, it, it, it also shows that. Okay. Think about this. That woman was involved in that church to sort of keep them from ever finding out about the local coven. They were enemies of God. Spies. 
How many times has she said something that stopped them from doing something for the Lord? Mm -hmm. She was placed by the enemy as an enemy combatant in that church to, to disrupt, to curse. But God's heart was to save. She was not the enemy. She was the goal. Amen. He loved and wanted her to get saved. That's the only conclusion I can come to. We get so angry at people that, particularly in the church, the politics and stuff like that. Oh, these people are enemies of God and they're evil and they're bad. Oh my gosh, they're trying to destroy our country. And, you know, people say all this stuff. And the truth of the matter is, God wants to reach them with the gospel. Mm -hmm. And we're so caught up, myself included, in, in standing up for what we believe that we forget the gospel is the, is the power of God. The gospel is the power of God. You want to see the power of God, you share the gospel with somebody's you share Jesus with somebody. That is where you find the power of God. Amen. People want to see miracles and, and, and the dead rise and all this stuff, which, I mean, let's just face it. That's cool. I mean, if, if a dead person got up, I'd be like, whoa. But let's, let's talk about the reality of the power of God. It takes the power of God to take an atheist that hates God and hates the church and hates everybody that is involved and turns them into somebody who wants to die for Jesus. That's real power. If you can transform a life to that degree, that's, that's you know, that's 180 degree, complete opposite way. Mm -hmm. Did it with Paul. Yep. You know, and did it with me. Did it with, oh, there's so many people. I yeah. see people, you know, some of them don't stick. Um, you know, some of them do. Being a Christian is hard. There's been times where I've been, you know, because of what I went through and I, I got saved the way I did. There's like, I can't forget that God is real. And so, like, even though I've been going through some hard times and all this stuff, and I'll be depressed and down and just feeling like nobody loves me and the church is dumb because, you know, I went to the, uh, you know, the, if you go to the wrong church, it can really mess you up, you know? Yeah. Um, and the truth of the matter is, is that every time I've sat and thought, I really thought about everything, I come to the conclusion that, I know God is real and I know that he loves me. The, the most powerful thing that God's ever done for me was after I had open heart surgery and I was sitting in my chair and I had just sneezed. And so they had cracked open. My ribs were still all broken and they had cracked open and then they, they'd screwed me back together in the chest, you know? Mm -hmm. And I had just sneezed a bunch of times. And just sneezing is the most painful thing. Oh my God. Oh, I thought I knew pain. And I, I thought it was tough. No, no, that that hurt. So I just sneezed a bunch and I'm sitting there 
and I was like, God help me. And then I felt the peace of God so gently and so beautifully, but not overwhelmingly, very, very slight. And then I felt God smile and he said, I'm right here. And I went, oh, I'll make it, you know, and that's the way that that's what that's what really strengthened me at that time. Yeah. It was a powerful thing. It wasn't um, it was, like I didn't hear an audible voice or anything. I just felt that I'm right here, you know, you know, and like when you're in that much pain, that doesn't seem like the place your brain would go. But that was a powerful. I think maybe th- that might have been. You know, other than me getting saved, maybe the the second most important thing that I've ever felt that God has done for me. Yeah. Well, you, you know, know, you know, um, it, it is so great to to hear the, that testimony of yours. We're actually running out of time. I would love to go a little bit further into there. Um, but we can always do that at another time. Uh, I just want to thank you so much, Sabat, for for being on here to sharing your testimony for um, opening up the most vulnerable part and letting people know. Because through your testimony, you you break chains through to our listeners. I want to uh, to to leave with this. It doesn't matter how far you think you are away from God. God will find you. God will have his plan into coming to you, to taking you out of that place and to bring you closer to him. Uh, But you also have to listen. You have to go around. You have to listen because he is as subtle as as a breeze or he can be as 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 big as a volcano eruption so you have to you have to listen and and open your heart up because he is there he is working behind the scenes so um i want to thank all the new listeners that happen to come on here they think they're getting a hold of the uh, a taco recipe podcast. I'm sorry. I don't know how uh, someone can actually teach someone how to make tacos on a podcast. Um, well, I guess if there's a will, there is a way. Um, unfortunately, I do not make food on here, but I do give you the nourishment. And that is the nourishment of Jesus Christ through myself, through scripture, and through the testimony of my guest. I want to thank all the diehard listeners that listen to each and every one of my episodes. And Filthy Rich from Praise Against the Machine, you are the listener of the week. So, hey, congratulations. You get a big old e-hug from Johnny Tacos. Uh, you, 
you as well as all the other listeners are the sour cream to this taco supreme i appreciate everything i'll do um god is moving through this podcast and we have so many more uh people to open up their hearts through the testimony and just look forward to season two coming up so uh also uh, December 10th is my Christmas special, which I'll have Ruol um, on, and he is going to talk to us more about a Christmas black metal album that's coming up. So that's going to be pretty awesome to listen to. Um, and before I go, I'm just going to let you know that uh, we're going to go out with one of... Uh, Frost Like Ashes um, song called Goer, uh, which is the first song in that EP. Am I correct? A Fellowship of Suffering. And we're, we're going to listen to that. But if you want to listen to more, uh, you have a website where they can. It's on Spotify, YouTube, uh, Apple Music. Um, Pretty much anywhere that you can download music, you can find it. Yes. And, you know, pick uh, pick it out. Take care of it. Uh, listen to it. You got to listen to it from the first song to the last song to get the feel of uh, what what they had, um, what they had manifested into that um, uh, that EP. So I'm pretty excited. I'm going to listen to it before I go to bed. Uh, the full the full songs all the songs and you know I I just I just want to see that journey uh, through through listening to it so I'm pretty excited about it so so all of y'all just sit back relax enjoy drink your teas or your lemonade or 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 whatever you like to drink and here it goes. God bless you. God keep you. Don't have a good day. Have yourself a great day. Talk to y'all soon. Peace.